This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Judge Jeanine Pirro. She's the outspoken host. Judge Jeanine Pirro is dominating the headlines right now. This is the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Sunday Morning Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Pirro. Good morning and welcome everyone to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Uh, I hope everyone's enjoying their day. It's Sunday. It should be our day of rest, but we're here working and uh, chances are you're working as well. You know, it's kind of interesting. We always kind of think of Sunday as a day of rest, but uh, it hasn't been a day of rest for me for about, I don't know, 40 years. But anyway, it's a nice day. It's getting colder here in New York. You can start to feel not only that the weather has changed, but now that we change the clock. Everything's dark and dingy and depressing at about 4 o'clock uh, as opposed to 8 o'clock in the summer when we're all so much happier. But in any event, we are armed and ready to serve justice this morning with all my great listeners. It's been a crazy week this week in America. Oh, hey, we saw a debate. Uh, it was, uh, I don't know, was it the third debate? I third, maybe the fourth, but I think it was the third debate. Uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, uh, he had all those zingers, uh, and uh, uh, you had Nikki Haley, Chris Christie, Tim Scott, Ron DeSantis. I got to tell you, you know, my, I, think, I think that Chris Christie should drop out and Tim Scott as well. I think it's Nikki Haley, DeSantis, and I say Vivek because I did a non-scientific random poll on my Twitter uh, account uh, now known as X and uh, it was about 20,000 21,000 people responded 79% think that the vague Ramaswamy won uh, and uh, but it'll be interesting uh, Donald Trump is still the guy who's going to run but you know I don't know if they're trying out for second or they think something's going to happen but uh, it's Donald Trump I bet my bottom dollar on that but what do I know uh, and in addition this week uh, five Finally, Rashida Tlaib uh, was censured uh, because of her talk about from the river to the sea, uh, which actually calls in, for the extermination of Israel and the extermination of Jews. She, a Palestinian, said, oh, it's actually about peaceful coexistence. Folks, that's an out and out lie. Uh, and, uh, you know, the truth is that uh, Rashida Tlaib is a... Uh, uh, she is a troublemaker, to say the least, uh, and uh, says that the, we should have equal tears for the Israeli babies and the Palestinian babies, except that when she was asked about the Palestinian babies that were beheaded, she couldn't even say uh, a word. I mean, uh, Hillary Vaughn from Fox followed her through the uh, through some of the halls of Congress, and she had no response, but is wailing when she talks about the Palestinian babies. Uh, uh, you know, it'll be interesting because it appears, folks, that everyone on the squad is being primary. 
And uh, we'll see if within their own districts there's any change that the people in those districts want. And of course, uh, so far, there have been about 48 American soldiers who've been injured in the attacks by uh, uh, the uh, Iran proxies. And uh, this week, uh, Biden decided that he was going to respond. And we'll talk to Colonel David Hunt about whether or not that response was sufficient. Was it enough? Was it appropriate? Too little, too late? Or or we'll see. We'll see what uh, Colonel David Hunt has to say. We always love hearing from him. And we're going to talk to another guest, Brigitte Gabriel, who is a uh, a fabulous woman. Uh, Was born in Lebanon, raised in the Middle East. uh, And she has a lot of interesting thoughts about not just what's going on today, but the history and the buildup to where we are as it relates to uh, the mess that is going on now in the Middle East. So it's going to be an exciting show this morning. And uh, we will continue to make sure that uh, we keep the guests on top of all of the issues that you're interested in. And so uh, stay with us and never forget that's a commitment we made on 9-11. Honor it by donating $11 a month to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. And up next here on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show, I will be speaking with military expert Colonel David Hunt coming up right here on the Red Apple Audio Network. It's the Judge Janine Show. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. This is the Janine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Pirro. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Joining us now is a military veteran and expert after 29 years in the armed forces. I really think it's 30. Uh, he is now an author, and uh, you may have seen him as a Fox News contributor. You may have heard him before on this show, Colonel David Hunt. Uh, My friend who knows all things military uh, based upon his extensive experience in special ops, counterterrorism and intel. And I won't go through the whole thing, but uh, welcome, Colonel David Hunt. Uh, A lot of interesting things going on. It appears that this past week, Biden made a decision that he wasn't going to allow for the continuing assaults on our uh, armed forces in the Middle East. And he took action. What action did? take and was it enough you know the action could be needs to be classified as uh insipid what he did was do the same thing he did the first time he sent two f-15s into syria and blow up a couple of ammo dumps belonging to iranian-backed militia and it would and the end result of that insipid action was the next day which was yesterday Four more attacks happened on wounding American yep. soldiers. We're up to 48 
American soldiers, um, 99% of them from the 10th Mountain Division up in Fort Trump, New York. Um, since, really? Since, since they're from New York? On, yeah, yeah Fort, they're up at Fort Trump, wow. Watertown, New York. Uh, and wow. We, so we continue to, this is a more enabling administration by only doing the safe thing, a couple F-15s at, at un- unoccupied ammo dumps um, is not the answer. If you, you're going to do this, hurt something in Iran, hurt their uh, communications, no, do, do something in that country to let them know, because this, this won't work. This is guaranteeing that our soldiers continue to, and they're kind of defenseless sitting in these bases. Uh, they are shooting. Why, how are they defenseless? Colonel they Hunt, have, how are they yeah, defenseless? They do not have the, the, the normal amount of anti-aircraft stuff. Um, they're starting to get it. They are shooting some of these drones down, but they're still getting through and hitting, I keep saying it, 48 soldiers. Now, we're going to get some soldiers killed. There's no question as yep. this continues. Yep. The difference between a TBI, traumatic brain injury, which about a half a dozen of them have, and being killed really is yeah yeah there's been six or seven tbis so it's either getting serious and eventually you'll get a soldier killed and then what are they going to do so i we're not responding to this thing right we the, this administration is not protecting soldiers when, when you're in the military you're not acting they, they they're not soldiers do what they're told and do it brilliantly um but the expectation the obligation is the nation will protect its soldiers in harm's way, not mm-hmm. two F-15s shooting at an ammo, be- ammo dump. That's not protection. Well, okay. Um, a couple things go through my mind, went through my mind as you were speaking. Number one, we had 13 service people, men and women who died in Afghanistan. He didn't do anything but leave them billions in terms of uh, military equipment to and, that and Taliban. And 40 wounded. Oh, up to, it was over 40 yeah. wounded as well. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that correction. You're absolutely right. Uh, but and and he did nothing in that situation. And but the other piece to this is, you know, nobody wants to go to war with Iran uh, for fear what that they may have a nuclear bomb. What what is it? Why are we so tepid uh, as it relates or insipid as you use the word uh, as it relates to Iran? What are we afraid of? World War Three, obviously. Well, yes, but a little smaller than that. We don't want to be looking, having a fight in Iran as we are having a fight right now in support of Israel with Hamas. We, gotta, we have to understand that the U.S. Navy has shot down at least a half a dozen missiles coming out of Yemen, going right. into Israel. Right. And, right. and the, the, these, the Yemenis just shot down a $32 million United States Air Force drone. So we are engaged in a shooting war right now. And we have 48 soldiers getting hit. So if we, if we decide to really get after Iran, then we're pointing in a lot of different directions. And that's, so you have an overly cautious administration, and in their caution are going to get us involved in Iran anyways, because Iran is not – doesn't see any, there's no downside right. to shooting, wounding 48 soldiers. Or well, there's, yeah. it does, there's well, no downside. Okay, there's no downside. 
But what does Iran have? Okay, let's assume. All right, so I'm I'm jumping the gun here. So is he going to wait, Joe Biden? I mean, who is who who is advising Biden on this? Is it Austin? I mean, is he? uh, What kind of guy is Austin? I guess that's the question. Where we're getting the answers from? Austin Austin has never been known for his aggressiveness. He's a very political guy. They all all the generals are, and but he's got a brand new chairman of the Joint Chiefs. Millie's gone. And he's been in place by a guy, I think, is Jones, an Air Force four-star, who's brand new in the job. So those are his two principal advisors. And, and unfortunately, either they're not advising him to be more aggressive or he's not taking the advice. But you can't simply throw F-15s at ammo dumps and expect the, Iran to go, oh, God, we can't keep shooting at American soldiers. We're getting our ammo exploded. What? You've got to make them hurt some. You've got to, you know, period. And you've got to do it. In Iran. Make, okay, so it, what do you do in Iran? Uh, cruise missiles. I've started a couple of crews, maybe half a dozen, maybe 20. I thought, what, uh, this is not political for me, but I thought what Trump did in Syria the second yep. year yep. was show a bu- throw a bunch of cruise missiles at a Syrian base that had Russians on it and only killed and blew up the Syrian side of the base. Exactly. Now, that some that type of thing needs to be done here, and truthfully, there was far less being done to the U.S. when the, when President Trump did that than is being done to it now. Mm-hmm. So, I, but, but that is the kind of response we need to be doing, not consider, get it done. Well, they, we are going to have that's, we're going to have soldiers die because we did we did not do the right stuff in response. And, you know, the sad part about this, and and obviously you know where I stand politically. I mean, I I think that Donald Trump, when he was president, uh, whatever you think of him, I don't care. He's been my friend for decades. But uh, he had no, whether it was the mother of all bombs and whether it was his strategic strikes that he did. I mean, the guy, nobody played with him. All right. Nothing happened when he was president. You know, you get this this guy Biden in there and, uh, you know, he shows how weak he is. But but let's talk about politics from Biden's point of view. So Biden is on the side of Israel. So he's got a lot of people on the left, the progressives. And I, we could talk about Tlaib and that group later. They're, they're they're almost irrelevant in this discussion. But but Biden, by taking the side of Israel, is alienating part of his party. So if he's going to take the side of Israel, go all in and, and, and shut them down, shut Hamas down, shut the proxies down. But he's not doing that. I mean, he's like he's it's like he's on a bridge. He's got he's got a leg on one side of the bridge and a leg on on, on the road to the bridge. OK, um, I can't unpack all of that, but I can Why? say this because. Because you're smarter than I am, and I can't keep no, up. No, I am I not. Can't. No, I'm not. But, all I'm saying is if Biden's going to jump in on the side of Israel and alienate his yeah, party, yeah. okay, yeah. why not jump in? Just go in and do it. Okay, if you, are you asking, you're suggesting uh, that the U.S. on the ground go into Gaza with the Israelis? No, no, what no. Is, but what are you suggesting? Go, go, uh, what I'm suggesting is go after Iran for this. Oh, okay. okay? No, no, I got it. That's yes, and we have the, we have. The, I agree. I, that's why we have the perfect chance because they happen to be wounding our soldiers. They happen yeah. to be shooting at us. They shot at us, I think, over fifty times in the last month, and hit right. and wounded forty-eight guys. 
Right. That should be enough for us to retaliate to Iran, which does the same thing as you're suggesting, right. um, period. But we are not. Whoever's doing these calculations, National Security Advisor Sullivan, I don't know. But it's a mistake, oh. and it's not going to stop because it didn't. Because the day after we, Thursday, we shot yesterday, Wednesday, we threw two F-15s at this problem. And Thursday, the Iranian-backed militia did the exact same thing. Interesting. So it's not working the way we're doing it. Right. And they're not afraid of us. And I think they want to pull us. You know, it's like they're taunting us. It's like the bully is saying, I'm coming after you. I'm coming after you. I'm hurting your people. I'm hurting your people. And then we sent all these missile defense systems over to the Middle East to protect our soldiers, didn't we? We did. And we did. And we kept shooting down a lot of these drones. We're also shooting, again, missiles coming out of Yemen by the Houthis that are shooting at Israel. So, the, I mean, the U.S military is now is, has been engaged in the war and part of it in the war with Israel and Hamas. It's just it, it you know, we hear the report destroyer shoots down a missile. Wait a minute. <laughs> That's a very serious action and I'm glad we did it. So and oh by the way, soldiers are getting wounded. Um and we're supplying Israel with the Iron Dome stuff and a lot of other things. So the what what we could do, should do is make Iran pay for what they've been doing. Right. And we, I don't think we have it in us to do that. We, well, we, similar to we, our, what, what's happening in Ukraine is we, were, we slow roll our response. Yep. And, and that's not helpful, they, period. It's just, it's, it's, it's people on the ground in Ukraine, people on the ground in, in the Middle East need more, more immediate response and a much more violent response from the U.S. All right. So let's talk about these uh, pauses that uh, Netanyahu doesn't want to call a ceasefire. What, what do you think of those? Almost inevitable. Um, now, Israel is not pausing airstrikes, by the way. They're just dropping them in different places. But Oh, interesting. There been, yeah, there, there have been a, an awful – but here's the problem. What numbers do you want to believe? The numbers we're going to talk about are Hamas. Um, provided. They have not been verified by anybody. But that's part of the problem. So you've got Hamas saying is 8,000 civilians, men, women, and children have been killed. I cut the number in half. But whatever you do, we, these, the type of bombings that we're doing, that Israel is doing, are indis- can be indiscriminate, un, um, unintended, but a 400, 500-pound bomb or a bullet or a grenade have unintended consequences. We love you, Colonel David Hunt. Thank you for joining us, and I'm sure we'll be talking to you again. You are brilliant, and we thank you. All right. Thank you. Take care. This is the Janine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Pirro. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation Show. Joining me now is an activist, an author, a lecturer. She is the founder of Act for America. And I must tell you, she is one of my dearest friends. Uh, please join me in welcoming Brigitte Gabriel to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Let me tell you a little bit about Brigitte. Brigitte is a Lebanese-American conservative activist, uh, and she is someone who for decades 
has been fighting the fight for justice, especially in the Middle East and, of course, in the United States as well. Um, She moved to Israel in 1984, became a news anchor for World News and an evening Arabic news broadcast for the Middle East television. Uh, She was seen throughout Israel, Egypt, Syria, Jordan, and Lebanon. Her work, folks, is truly international. I think that uh, you may recognize her when you hear her voice. She's got more energy, more enthusiasm than just about anybody. Brigitte, how are you this Sunday morning? Hello, my sister from another mother. I am delighted to be with you. <laughs> well, we're we're delighted to have you, Brigitte. You know, but unfortunately, we're talking about an issue uh, that is uh, not only uh, 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 hurtful and painful and historic, but one that is uh, separating the people in this country. And I had a feeling that you might have a better take on what's going on than most having been raised in Lebanon. Why don't you tell the listeners what your background is, and let's quickly move to the issues at hand. Well, thank you, Judge. Um, You know, I was born and raised in Lebanon, which used to be the only majority Christian country in the Middle East. Open-minded, fair, tolerant, multicultural. We prided ourselves on our multiculturalism. We had open borders. We welcomed everyone into our country. Actually, Lebanon was the only country to accept the third wave of Palestinian refugees who came to the country, who did not share our values, and they ended up destroying Lebanon. Um, My 9-11 happened to me in 1975 when radical Islamic Palestinian terrorists blew up my home, bringing it down, burying me under the rubble wounded. I ended up in a hospital for two and a half months and later ended up living in a bomb shelter in an eight by 10 room without electricity, without water and very little food. And that's where I lived for the next seven years of my life from the age of 10 until the age of 17, robbed of my youth. So the Palestinians, any country they go to, they destroy. That's exactly why none of the Arabic countries around them, right. neither Saudi Arabia, neither Egypt, neither Syria, nobody wants them because they have a track record of causing problems, mayhem, wars, destruction anywhere they go. All right, I'm going to stop you right there. What's interesting is that in addition to all those countries that you mentioned, the Arab countries that refuse to assimilate the Palestinians is Jordan, where King Abdullah actually used the term a red line. And yet his wife, Queen Rania, is criticizing that the, the, the treatment of the Palestinians. And you, I couldn't help but think when I heard that maybe she ought to talk to her husband as opposed to moaning about it when she's got more power than anyone. And yet he married to a Palestinian made the decision he would not have them in his country. Why is that, Brigitte? Well, the reason he doesn't want to have them in the country, because when when the first uh, shipment of refugees that Jordan took in the early 70s tried to create an insurrection against his father, King Hussein, King Hussein in the early 70s bulldozed 30,000 
thousand Palestinians and kicked them out because they were trying to overthrow him. That's why Lebanon took them in thinking, oh, the poor Palestinians, they have nowhere to go. We'll take this batch. We were stupid enough to take them in. So that's why King Abdullah, the son of King Hussein, doesn't want to bring them back. He's got enough Palestinians already in Jordan. He's got his foot on them, so they're behaving themselves. But that's exactly why Jordan doesn't want them. And, you know, Rania would be wise to learn the history of what her father-in-law did to the Palestinians. Right, right. But then explain to me, in 2005, when Israel, and, and let's, before I get into that, I want to kind of lay the foundation here. The, the relationship of, of the people in Lebanon, and I know my family that assisted in the late 40s, uh, Jewish people to get to their new nation state, Israel, the relationship between Lebanon historically and the nation state of Israel. Well, look, Lebanon, which is majority Christian country in the Middle East, did not want to have war with Israel. But as the Muslim population grew and the problem grew as well, I remember when the war started and Israel was the only country to help the Christians in Lebanon. Look, I remember at the age of 13, dressing in my burial clothes, waiting to be slaughtered because we got a word that the Palestinians surrounded our towns and we did not know if we're going to live that night. And I remember sobbing, begging my mother, I don't want to die. I'm only 13 years old. Please do something. And there was nothing my mother could say to me. And we sat in the corner of our bomb shelter, and my father started reading from Psalms, I shall walk into the valley of death and fear no evil, for thou art with me. And my parents said to me, you are an only child. You are a young girl. We lived a long life. When they come to slaughter us tonight, we want you to run towards Israel and don't look back. You see, we live two and a half miles from the Israeli border in Metula. And we knew if we go to the Jews and beg for help, the Jews are not going to slaughter us because we had more shared values with them. And so Israel came in physically that night into Lebanon and set up the security zone and started helping the Christians and working with the Christians and, and, and training the Christians how to fight and stand on their own. And I remember uh, by the time I moved to Israel in 1984, we had a Lebanese embassy in Jerusalem set up by the Christians waiting for President Bashir Jumail to be elected. But then they assassinated Bashir Jumail because the Arabs knew the first order of business if he became president was signing a peace treaty with Israel. So they assassinated him, and then the embassy ended up closing, and then, you know, of course, now Lebanon is a terrorist hellhole occupied by Hezbollah. And by the way, most people don't know that Lebanon has not had a president for almost a year, and just this week, Hezbollah has blocked the election of the head of the army. So right now, these two positions that were supposed to be occupied by Christians are now vacant. Uh, Lebanon doesn't have a president and doesn't have a head of the military and Hezbollah is not making it happen. They are taking the country uh, you know, uh, through economically forcing and uh, depriving the nation of money and power and everything else. Well, it's now a caretaker government and the idea of it ever being a Christian nation again or one where the prime minister 
you know, was was Muslim and the, the president was Christian. I mean, that'll never happen again. Right. Or it so was it divided, appears. you know, according to religion. Uh, right. But that's exactly why we at Act for America have now a campaign on our website, a petition, an email and phone call campaign directed at the White House and Congress to block any Palestinian refugees from coming to America. You know, the Democrats are already talking about, oh, the poor Palestinians, you know, we need to bring some, you know, refugees from Gaza. Absolutely. Absolutely not. Go to actforamerica.org, actforamerica.org right now and take action on our Act Now campaigns. One right, to send well, let, Israel, two to block Palestinian refugees okay, from coming so, to but, America. But let's talk about why the young people in this country and why all of a sudden the whole world is up in arms because Israel, pursuant to the laws of war, is uh, reacting to the slaughter of the Israelis on October 7th. Why is it that, you know, it, and, and I mentioned this the other day on the show, uh, Brigitte, that on the five that I'm on, and one of the things I said was, you know, when the Arabs kill Arabs, when the, you know, when, when for years there have been one country killing another country of the Houthis and this one and that one, that no one ever objects. But, when the Arabs kill the Jews, or when the Jews kill, uh, when the Arabs kill the Jews, the Palestinians, all of a sudden everybody's on the side of the Arabs. It's almost as though if you kill a Jew, you can get the whole world to join you in making sure that the Jews are are the ones that are sacrificed. Why is that? It's pure Jew hatred, pure and simple. It's anti-Semitism. Look, in Syria, just in recent history, so all these young nitwits demonstrating on the streets of New York and anywhere else in America, standing up for the terrorist organization Hamas, which, by the way, is a designated terrorist organization by our own government. So these people are demonstrating on the streets in support of a terrorist organization. These kids don't remember that just five years ago, Assad and Syria gassed uh, with gas 6,000 people, 6,000 of his population. This is just five years ago, so we're not talking ancient history. How come we didn't see demonstrations on the streets of New York demonstrating about, oh my gosh, you know, Assad is gassing his people. Look at all the people that are dying in the Middle East uh, at the hands of, uh, 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 of Muslims, ISIS, Palestinians, whatever it is. Nobody talks anything about exactly. it. You know, people keep comparing Hamas of slaughter of civilians to September 11th and Israel's counterattack as its invasion of Iraq. But this analogy is wrong. Hamas didn't hijack a plane. It invaded Israel. It occupied Israeli territory for several hours and used its time and power to conduct crimes against humanity and genocidal acts. Have it you seized seen the, have you seen the videotape, Brigitte? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Have I seen videotapes? You know, no, I've no, 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 tape. no. The, the one that they, uh, Israel won't release, and I don't understand why they won't, of the pregnant woman where they literally, while she was still alive, uh, and put tape over her mouth so she didn't even have the ability to uh, release a scream. They took the baby out while still in the sack. And while she was, um, she started to pass out from the shock. They slapped her to wake her up so they could, so she would have to see what they did to the baby. Uh, it is, it is, and yet all of these people are out there pro Hamas, pro Palestinians, 
as though the Israelis don't have a right to defend themselves. It's barbarism, pure and simple. It is barbarism. And you know what? I I emailed, I talked to the Israeli leadership, and I said, release the tapes. People have to Mm -hmm. see the tapes. Now, Mm -hmm. I have the video that you're talking about. It is horrifying. Most people don't have the stomach to watch this. Because just you explaining it makes people faint. Americans. I didn't finish the explanation. I didn't even finish it. But yeah, ahead. I mean, it's it, it, it's horrific. And I told the Israelis, you know, about the beheaded babies. We need to release pictures because you cannot believe, Janine, a uh, judge, how many arguments I get on the Internet with people from Lebanon and Jordan, you know, friends that I have, distant relatives or people just emailing, oh, you're lying. It's all lies. Israel's making this stuff up. Mm-hmm. And Israel is not making this stuff up. And, and, and the thing is, Hamas took the video. This is not like Israeli yep. captured video. Hamas was so proud of their evil, barbaric action. You know, just like ISIS. They wanted they to take the ISIS. video. Ultimately. Yeah, they are ISIS. They want to brag about, look how wonderful we are, and look what we did to these bloody Jews. They, it's their video. Um, uh, and I do not know why the Israeli government is not releasing this stuff. It's, it's mind-boggling to me. But I'm sure they have their own reasons well, uh, as to why not. Well, I think what they're saying is that, you know, maybe there'll be more copycats. Maybe people will be inspired <laughs> to do the same thing. Maybe it's giving Hamas too much credit. You know, there's a lot of different thinking. But I have to tell you, Brigitte, you and I both agree that what happened on October 7th uh, to the people of Israel in those kibbutz is, is just something that is out of a nightmare. And, you know, I pulled, I remember years ago, Brigitte, when I was the DA and, and you came and uh, Elie Wiesel, and I pulled one of his books, Night, and I started reading about it. And, you know, he is basically begging begging people of, of, you know, in the future. And at that point that the book was being written, never to let this happen again, never again, never again. Well, here we go again. And suddenly the world is against Israel. I never understood why Israel, why Israel, you can't even point to a, to something that they've done. And by the way, is if you want to fight about land, Brigitte, Jesus was a Jew. Jesus was there. You know, <laughs> how many years back do we have to go? Uh, look, I mean, the Jews tried to offer peace to the Arabs and over and over and over, and they turned it down. Look, Ehud Barak in 2000 offered Yasser Arafat 98% of the territories back. 98%! Right. And, and, and uh, Arafat turned it down. Uh, right. They do not want peace. They want to wipe Israel off the map. And I think the Jewish people in America, and I think Jews worldwide, who thought they can have peace, you know, you know the good-hearted Jews who think, we just just want to show them how nice we are. We just want to live in peace with them. We don't believe in wars. And people like you and me try to warn them about mm-hmm. about the, 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 the mentality of these barbaric, hateful people who really, really hate the Jews. Look, I was born and raised in the Middle East. You know, they feed the hatred to children through their mother's milk when they are newborn, through mm-hmm. breastfeeding. They teach their children hatred. And it's amazing that you mentioned the Eli Wiesel uh, oh, book night. Yes. I have it sitting on my desk, and I'm going to read you a quote from, from the book. This is about how much we try to warn people, but they're not listening. But here's what Elie Wiesel writes in his book. 
He said, the fate of the Jews of the small town in Transylvania called Saige, their blindness as they confronted destiny from which they would have still had time to flee, the inconceivable passivity with which they surrendered to it, deaf to the warnings and pleas of a witness who, having escaped the massacre, relates to them what he has seen with his own eyes, but they refuse to believe him and call him a madman. People mm-hmm. like you and me and many others have tried to warn, especially the lefty Jewish community in the United States, yep. about what was happening on college campuses. I mean, look, you and I first met <laughs> where, in 2003 when you introduced me. I was speaking at uh, New in York college. SUNY College. Yes. Um, yes that's how I you remember. and I met. Yes. Exactly 20 years ago. Yep. Um, and-, and we were trying to warn and sound the alarm and why we need to establish security measures and what type of enemy we are dealing with. 80% of the Jewish community in America ignored the warning, and now they are shocked, absolutely shocked at what's happening with all the anti-Semitism and what we are seeing on the streets of America. This has been brewing for 20 years. They did not see the signs. Well, they, they didn't see the signs, or I think what happens in this country, you know, Brigitte, when you described, you know, however short the description was that we had time for, you're being raised in a country and in a bomb shelter and waiting to die and pleading to not die. Uh, Americans tend to be very comfortable. We don't have that that realistic fear that, it, you know, can happen to us at any moment. We kind of get so comfortable that, you know, we're in America, nobody's going to hurt us uh that we don't we can't even imagine that this is the case and these kids on the college campuses Brigitte Gabriel uh they are absolutely clueless they're saying you know you go out there with a microphone and you say but what about October 7th you know doesn't Israel have the right to to respond to what happened and they were like what happened on October 7th or it didn't really happen and then the idea and this is the one Brigitte that blows my mind why are they ripping down the pictures of the hostages why why yeah yeah i mean because they they have dehumanized the jews and israelis so much that they don't care about the children they don't even care about them they don't look at them as humans you know the tearing of the posters of six-month-old baby kidnapped Two-year-old baby kidnapped, nine-month-old baby kidnapped, young girls kidnapped. God knows what they're doing to them. How can you have any conscience and tearing those posters down goes to show you the hatred, the deep-level hatred of, of, of uh, they don't even consider these people or, or, or who they are, a six-month-old, the suffering, it's like they are numb to feelings. When you get to that level, when you are that numb to actually having sympathy, looking at a six-month-old child who is kidnapped, you know, you have no soul. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. I I mean, you know, people like you and me, I wouldn't even want to see Osama bin Laden's six-month-old child kidnapped or his daughter raped or his wife or grandmother kidnapped. You know what? Where are the voices of the Palestinian mothers marching on the street saying, yes, we agree, we want our independence, but we are against the rape and torture of elderly women, mothers, children. Where are their voices? Where is the NOW organization in America? Where is the NOW organization in America standing up for all these girls who are hijacked being raped by Hamas right now you don't hear a beep the silence is deafening 
Yep, you you are so right and so passionate, Brigitte. You haven't lost any of it. And you got me <laughs> fired up this morning. And, uh, you know, it is, you know, it's about right and wrong and truth and justice. And you know, yep. Brigitte, that as DA, when we did meet 20 years ago, I mean, it all started. One of the first things that happened in my career was the uh, all the swastikas in Westchester. And I remember at some of the premier clubs, you know, a swastika burned onto the grass. And that's what got me started on this. And then, you know, when I realized how close my family was in Lebanon, my mom's family, to helping the Jews get to their new nation state, this has been a a passion for me. And I have long held as my mantra, the words of Elie Wiesel, silence encourages the tormentor, never the tormented. To do nothing yep. helps the uh, abuser, never the victim. And yet, you know, here we are again facing what is an inhuman, an inhumane attack on innocent people. And the idea that they're occupiers of Palestine just blows my mind because they handed the territory over to them in 2005 and said, here, take it. You can be you can be the Singapore of the Middle East. You're on the Mediterranean, build it up. And the U.N. gave money. We gave money. Everybody gave them money. And all they did was build bombs and missiles and tunnels. That's right. That's right. And Look, when Israel withdrew out of Gaza in 2005, they dragged their people kicking and screaming. You know, the people did not want to leave. The Jews who lived there had industry there. They dragged them out kicking and screaming. Not only the Israeli army turned against its own people to get them out of Gaza, they dug out the bodies out of the cemeteries of Jewish people buried in Gaza because they oh, knew God. what the Palestinians are going to do to the cemeteries. So in 2005, there wasn't even a dead Jewish bone on the on the land in Gaza. Israel wow. took everything out. People don't even know that. And Israel took everything out and they left them the greenhouses. They wanted them to start industry. Out of Gaza, they used to export 50 million flowers annually to the world. 50 million flowers. It was such a thriving industry. Tomatoes, vegetables that grew out of Gaza. It was incredible. The Jews turned the desert into an oasis, into into Eden. I know a Jewish lefty businessman in New York gave the Palestinians $14 million because he wanted them to start, you know, to continue the, uh, whatever, the industry. And what did the Palestinians do within 24 hours? They burned down 126 synagogues and destroyed the greenhouses. Not just destroyed them, they stole the copper out of the pipes and out of the faucets. I mean, these people shoot themselves in the foot. Every time. Brigitte Gabriel, we love you. Brigitte Gabriel, folks, uh, Act for America. We love your passion and your energy, and hopefully we'll have you back again soon. Thank Thank you for joining us. Love you. Love you. And never forget, that's the commitment made on 9-11. Honor it by donating $11 a month to the Tunnel to Towers Foundation at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. This is the Judge Janine Show. This is the Janine Pirro Show. Now, here's Judge Janine Pirro. Okay, 
now it's time for me to gavel out with my closing argument. Okay, two fabulous guests this morning, Brigitte Gabriel, Colonel David Hunt. Both of them talked about the fact that uh, Israel clearly uh, was a victim on October 7th. And uh, the amazing thing for me is that there are so many people who are actually protesting in this country who are either too stupid to know what has happened on October 7th or just don't believe it. And that is stunning. And I think sometimes it speaks to the algorithms maybe that people have on their phones or, you know, on their on their uh, uh, computers as to what kind of information they're getting. But there's no question that there was a barbaric assault on Israel and pursuant to the laws of war, Israel has the right to defend herself. But unfortunately, uh, what we've got is an administration, according to Colonel David Hunt, that uh, has a response that he calls insipid uh, in response to the 48 servicemen and women who were injured, some of them with traumatic brain injury, as he referred to it as TBI, uh, and uh, that the response this week by the Biden administration is a little too a soft just blowing up some ammo dumps uh when it appears that iran is itching for more than that uh the truth is that uh we've got trouble abroad and at home and i can't help but think about what's going on with rashida talib and the left calling for a ceasefire which uh israel has agreed to a quote pause uh but the the interview of a lot of the people on the street seem to indicate that that nothing really happened to Israel, that it's either a lie, uh, the taking down of the hostage of photographs of innocent babies. Uh, you know, it would appear that no person could in any way uh, do anything but condemn the terrorist group. And yet we've got people in Congress young people on college, university campuses uh, who are literally uh, contradicting the idea that Israel was attacked and that Israel, pursuant to the laws of war, has the right to defend herself. Uh, and there were nine progressive Democrats who voted against a bipartisan bill reaffirming America's support for Israel against a barbaric war that was launched by Hamas. Uh, and it shows how extreme the left in this country has become. But not just the left in this country, the left around the world. It's almost like what happened in 2020 and those so-called peaceful protests and the release of criminals and prisoners is just a buildup to what we're seeing now, which is a bigger issue and a war that is brewing in and, and occurring uh, in the Middle East. And the, the demand to end that war is somehow shocking to me. So uh, I think that what we've got to do is keep our eye on the ball. I think the elections this past week make it clear that the Democrats are winning. Uh, and people have to take a side now. They have to take a side as to what they believe and how they're going to translate that belief into a vote. The Republicans, unfortunately, have been losing. The midterm and the red wave didn't happen. Uh, uh, Tuesday night was a 
total disappointment for the uh, Republicans. The Democrats are winning. And whether it's on the issue of abortion, which I think it is, and whether or not they make abortion a part of the 2024 election, which I have no doubt they will, uh, we've got to make sure that we come down on the side of truth and justice, because now it's more than just crime. Now it's about a war. And unfortunately, uh, I can't believe we're out of time already, but make sure you join us right back here next week. Same time, same place for the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Have a great day, everyone, and take care of yourself.